0: The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Glory be to God. Father, send your word again to us. Even as we begin to bring this series of teachings on stewardship, prosperity to a close. As we learn more and more and renew our minds to the paths we have in experiencing and enjoying and manifesting the prosperity that you have so freely provided for us in your favor and in your grace lord send your word to us speak to every single person connected to this service live here or watching by live stream either presently or watching later on demand Lord, help us to answer questions and to solve problems and to lay hold on that which you have for us, that we can prove your will, which is prosperity for us, your good will, your acceptable will, and your perfect will, and we can walk in the fullness of that which you have provided for us. We give you the praise, we give you the glory in the name of Jesus, And the church shouted a loud amen. Amen. And the person that knows they are leaving this service with the biggest testimony shouted a louder amen. Amen. And the person that knows that by this time tomorrow they'll be functioning on another level of prosperity lifted their hands and their voices and shouted the loudest "Amen." Amen. amen. Hallelujah. All right, high five your neighbor. Be seated. Glory be to God. Okay. We have shared a lot um, on prosperity in this month. I hope and I trust somebody is learning something. Um, I want to start again this evening from where I left off service yesterday. You have to believe the word of God. Or where I started even last Sunday. You, I, I think many Christians are not... Um, Using their faith. And you must understand when Jesus told them in Mark 11:23, 23, have the faith of God, what he was teaching us was use your faith. Use your faith. Use your faith like God used his faith. I believe it was the last crossover service. I taught you from that a lot. He wanted to teach them faith. And he showed them how to use faith. You speak. Glory be to God and you live faith, we, we can observe your lifestyle for a week and know whether you are living in faith or not. Again, Paul told the Corinthians, I think 2 Corinthians 35, we've logged that scripture all year long, examine yourself whether you are in the faith. We can observe. When the paralytic man was brought to the meeting that Jesus was having and they took off the roof, the Bible said Jesus saw their faith. Glory be to God. So by looking at what you are saying, observing your behavior and your attitude, we can know whether you are in faith or not concerning whatever God is telling you. And it's so important to see to it that you are in faith because without faith you can't please God. And that means you can't take what God has freely provided for you. I have a prayer with someone that is in church, and the pastor says, "Shout a lot, Hallelujah!" You are not shouting. (laughs) It may be that you are not in faith. Maybe you. I'm not saying you are not. You don't know what I can say whether you are in faith or not. I have a prayer when we are rejoicing, and you are not rejoicing. When we are praying, you are not praying. Now I can understand if this is your first time in our midst. Maybe you came from a Catholic church, and in your own church, they don't make noise. But if you've been here for a while, tap your neighbor and say, "For a while." And ask that neighbor, have you been here for a while? And you are not expressing faith. I, 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 I want you to, look, I, I'm encouraging you to address that. If you have to go to the bookstore and get some of the teaching series we've done, we teach faith around the clock in this church. Or go and get a solid book on faith and sit down and, you know, I, I can see that my faith is not... In fact, the example pastor is giving is me talking about. Don't shout when they say shout. Don't move too much. They won't know I'm talking about you. When they are praying, me, I'm thinking about Champions League or whatever. I mean, it's dangerous for a Christian not to be in faith. God said, "I can't help them if they are not. If they can't believe, I can't help them. If they can't believe, I can't help them." So each one of us must learn to believe. Believe the word of God. Believe the promises of God. Believe what is being taught. Believe the man of God. Second Chronicles twenty twenty. Believe the Lord your God. Then you will what? prosper. Believe also His prophets. So then you will. Be, is it the other way around? I believe. I think, and I'm, I'm I'm bringing this again. I believe with all my heart. If more people in this church will pay attention to the things I teach. And apply them. You will be amazed how you will see amazing results in your life. You you can't afford to ignore or forget what we are teaching in church. Can I hear a loud amen. All right. So we've said a number of things just by way of wrapping up. um, I will just mention a few things again and then get into where we want to go. I just want to continue from where we left off on Sunday. God's will for us is prosperity. Basic. We should be concerned if we are not prospering in any area of our lives. Because that means we are not, like Romans 12 says, proving or experiencing the will of God for our lives. And there should be no reason for that. Because the only person that doesn't want you to experience the will of God for your life is the devil. And the devil is not supposed to have power over you as a Christian. You have been raised up together with Christ to so sit together with Him in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power. Now, I think where some of us Christians, or a good number of other people, is our environment. But then, even our environment is not supposed to have dominance over us. Bible says, "You renew our mind and not be conformed to our environment." And like we said when we mentioned the fact that God's will for us is prosperity that the, the power and the will of God backing us is so strong that even if we're in a tough situation, in a tough economy, even if the doctors say they don't have a cure for the sickness and ravaging your body, and like one man of God said, even if your wife is a witch, he said, my, my, my marriage, if I say didn't say a witch, he said, even if my wife was the devil, my marriage would work. He said, with the things that God taught him about marriage, because you realize that what makes marriage to work is love that as long as the husband loves the wife, said, I will love the devil out of her, that she will get born again. That she confessed, confess that I, I am Satan, or I was Satan, but now I'm <laughs> born again. Now let's make this marriage work. <laughs> Praise God. Well, my point is this. It's not about the circumstances and the situations. You see, that, that's a big problem. In case you have not dealt with that in your thinking, I think you need to deal with that. It's very easy to look at, oh, why is this person prospering and why? Oh, it's because of his family background. Ah, he's Babuari's son. Oh, it's because he, he finished in school with a first degree. That's why he's prospering, and that's not prosperous. Oh, it's because he lives in America. And, and in a way, those things can have an impact and an input into the matter. We are not saying that they don't have a, 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 a part to play. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, sometime in church. Warren Buffett said, Warren Buffett is one of the wealthiest men in the world, for those who don't know. And he said that he wonders if he will still be, at that time, I think he was the world's second richest man. He said if he wasn't born in America, maybe he won't be. And he has a point. But what he said there is really not the truth. Because even if Warren Buffett wasn't born in America, praise God, and yet he may not have had the privileges and the opportunities America afforded him, if he got into the principles of God's word, hallelujah, and practically applied it, and it was God's will for him to be the wealthiest man or second wealthiest man, he will still get there. You will notice that the Bible did not teach us about the circumstances and the situations and how to overcome them. No. While they may have a factor, they are not the most important things. The most important things are the things the Bible revealed to us. Glory be to God. Like what we are talking about, if you will understand the principles of kingdom stewardship. And that's what we are talking about. And practice it and live it out in your life. You will prosper. Even if you are Warren Buffett that was born in India, in one slum in India. You, will, you can still end up as Warren Buffett and the world, yes, man. Oh, hallelujah. Even if you are not born in America. Glory be to God. So we said it's, in, it's important to understand the kind of prosperity we have. It's a kingdom, heavenly kind of prosperity. It's not limited to just money. Glory be to God. But it includes money, and there are keys that operate it, just like there are keys that operate natural money. All of us know how to use our ATM card. All of us know how to spend naira. Um, I was I was with a little girl just before we uh, um, left Abuja today, and um, somebody gave her some money. They gave her twenty dollars. Just I can't remember her age. Maybe five or six years old. So I was asking her, what is your hand? She said, it's $20. I said, do you know what $20 is? She said, yes. I said, okay, it's a piece of paper. She said, yes. Is it paper that you draw on? He said, no, you use it to pay bills. You know, you may be so ignorant about money that they give you paper and you're not drawing on it. And that is not how to use money. Praise God. But you know how to use money. Am I right? I hope you know how to use money. (laughs) Now, God didn't give us money. And I think this is where many people are stuck. Because the only kind of prosperity that they have learned all their life is the one this world teaches. The money-based, mammon-based money. And they've not taken time to lend this kingdom, heavenly-based money. You are not going to spend Naira in heaven. You are not going to spend dollars in heaven. And the prosperity that God gave you is heavenly prosperity. Ephesians 1:3 3 blessed us with... Spiritual in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, what operates in heaven? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And that's how God expects you to prosper in this earth. And the earlier you started learning that, and started applying it, and started growing in it, so that girl knows how to use $20 now. If she continues to learn how to money after a while, she will have a bigger amount of money. She will be able to handle money very well. Some people have grown, adults, natural, physical adults. They still don't know how to handle natural money. We, we, we dealt a lot about that when we did series on fixing financial challenges. Some people's financial problems are the simple natural rules of money. Simple things like don't spend more than you earn. There's no prayer in the world that will deliver you if you're that kind of person. You don't understand that basically about money. You make ten thousand naira, and your lifestyle is seven thousand naira. You are going to be broke, sir. What are you doing? You are, you, you are viol- that one is not even spiritual now. You are violating naira, or dollar, or currency. You are, you are, you are spending. They don't know the people. Some people don't understand that. So just like natural money has ways to work, the same thing with spiritual money or spiritual prosperity. And that's what I'm teaching you here. That's what we are learning. Glory be to God. Let let me go into something, go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Because one of the other things I taught, very major here, is that you you prosper in the context of your relationship with God. So you need to understand your relationship with God, define it, this is what we said, define it, and live in the context of it. Hebrews 10, verse 25 So, we we defined our relationship with God. We said, number one, we are sons of God, or sons and daughters of God. Number two, we are worshippers of God. And number three, we are servants of God. Watch this verse. I mean, God just showed this to me. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. So, let's start from there tonight. And let us consider one another in order to stir up. Let me pause and say something about that again. Stare up. Powerful. You see that phrase a lot in scriptures. The, the things God has given us, they have to be stared for us to see them walking. That's part of praying. Hallelujah. Every believer has power inside of them, but every believer doesn't stir up their power. Every believer has wisdom inside of them, but every believer doesn't stir up their wisdom. It's like tea that you put sugar in. Do you know you can have a, a jug of tea, you put sugar in, and after a while, the sugar settles to the bottom, and if you don't stir the tea, even though there's sugar in that tea, when you taste it, it will, it will taste flat. Many Christians, their lives are tasting flat, not because they are not Christians, so, not because they don't have power, not because they don't have the things that are given them, it's not stirred up. So he said, yeah, stay up. Number one thing he said is stay up, love. Hallelujah. He said, let us consider one another in order to stay up. Number one, love. Number two, good works. Watch, he mentioned just three things here. It's amazing. Stay up, love. Stay up, good works. Not forsaking, this is the third one, the assembling of ourselves together. As is the manner of some but exhorting one another or encouraging one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hallelujah. Now, those three things he said we should stay up, they fit completely into the description of our relationship with God. Number one, stay up love. That speaks to the fact that we are sons and daughters of God. God is love, we are love. This is what I told you. You must define your relationship and live your life in the context of that relationship. If your father is love, the Bible says you imitate your father, you too should be love. The believer that doesn't want to walk in love, he will not prosper like he ought to prosper. Why? He is a love child of a love God. So we, we have to walk in love. You know we could have done this series and called it Love Prosperity. And teach us how to walk in love, hallelujah, so that we can enjoy the prosperity that God has given us. Second thing he said here is good works. This is what we are talking about our stewardship. Our stewardship. The, you see, the, these three things speak to the three things we talked about that no, we are children of God. God is love. We are love. We, we have to walk in love. Two, we are servants of God. We must produce good works. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So we must stay up good works. And then assembling ourselves together, that speaks to our worship. Hallelujah. We are children of God. Say with me, I'm a child of God. We are worshippers of God. Say with me, I'm a worshipper of God. And we are servants of God. You know, I said, stay these things up. Because if you will live life in the context of these three things, you will have a wonderful time. You will enjoy the life God gave it to you as you ought to enjoy it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so what we are looking at specifically is the good works part. The this, this stewardship part. Praise the Lord. The, the stewardship part. Amen. And we've come to this place where we are looking at what Jesus taught about stewardship. Praise God. Matthew 20. Let's look at this text. I, Matthew 20. From verse 1. And you will see Jesus... Liking the kingdom of God again to a servant. And that's why we are looking at these teachings. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner, watch this, who went out early in the morning to hire what? Laborers. For his what? Vineyard. This is the key. Of the kingdom of... This is how heaven operates. In other words, you must think like this. Hallelujah. Listen, 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 listen to this. I, I've shared this with us before. I want to say it again. God is not going to prosper you on your terms. God is going to prosper you on his terms. Hallelujah. The expectation of God is for after the believer gets born again... He should begin to renew his thinking. You prosper as your soul prospers, thought John 2, by understanding how heaven operates, and change your thinking to how heaven operates, and begin to live life like that. It may be very different from the way you've known life up until now, and this is at the heart of what we are teaching in this series. In this part of the world, we need to be very careful. There's, there are all kinds of, permit me, permit me, funny versions of Christianity. And some people just get this idea that, you know, people can just live anyhow as long as there's power. And thank God for power. And I believe in the power. But it's not only about power, sir. It's not only about power. All the power in the world will not help you if you are not. Thinking like God thinks, and renewing your life perspective to the way God sees life—it's not just power. I think there are many circles where people are just deceived, and it's just mounting to their frustration. And why teaching is not the only thing? No, please don't get me wrong. I'm not against power, but but. You need to know how to live life as a believer. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. That landowner there is like God. That hired laborers to his vineyard. We, his children, God wants us to be laborers. And if you are familiar with the story, he, some people, he got them early in the day. They're still working. He went out in the afternoon. Some people were not working. They're still working again. He kept going until the 11th hour. He still hired people. And at the end of the parable, he gave all of them a reward. That is the mindset. And that is how prosperity for us works. It's not the only thing. Please, this is not the only key. But this is one we want to emphasize now. So we said, you and I must think like stewards. We are sons. We are not just ordinary servants. Hebrews chapter 3 talks about that. I didn't go into that, but you can study that in Hebrews chapter 3. We are not servants like Moses. But we are now in this kingdom and we must understand this is how the kingdom we have operates. Can I hear loud? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, yes, we are telling everyone in church, join a unit in church. Make sure you are serving God in one capacity and another. And that is good. And we want to emphasize that. In fact, that's what led to this series, per se, because God gave us a word, serve me. So, we are doing that for this season. But what I'm teaching you is beyond joining a unit in church. What I'm telling you, this is beyond joining a unit in church. I'm telling you, your marriage, you must see it. Do marriage as a steward. Your job, you must do it as a steward. Whatever you do, the Bible says you do it as unto the Lord. You've got your relationships. We're going going to talk about that on Sunday. I told you, when I studied what Jesus taught on stewardship, I saw that there were three major things he wants us to steward. One, we steward life. This parable is another life steward parable. Because at the end of the day, he gave all of them the same reward. The only time the Bible says God gives us the same reward is eternal life. The person that got born again early, and the person that got born again the last minute, you are not going to get any greater righteousness. So this is a life stewardship principle is applying here. It's different from ministry. There's another place where the Bible says we'll get different rewards. Hey, if I pastor 100 churches that did God's will, I know you did to church, that you just came to church on Sunday morning, forget it, we're not going to get the same reward in heaven. No? I'm telling you, God is a just God. If I do, I, I mean, what I did for God with my life, is 100 solid churches that saved souls and you you just come to church every now and then and you're born again no? you're a child of god no? you're a servant of god no? but all your, your only service is i joined sunday morning service we are not going to get the same reward i wish i had time to teach that the same way <laughs> if you are permit me adolf hitler you kill six million people and you didn't get born again no? <laughs> I, mean, I wish I had to. Maybe one of these I would take that. And me, I didn't get born again too, but me, I just, I was a good guy. I even came to Kingswood every now and then, but I just didn't get born again. I loved my wife. I wasn't a white beater. I took care of my children. I even gave them offerings in church, but I didn't get born again. All two of us are going to go in hell. But the punishment that we get, is not the same punishment as that guy. The Bible teaches different levels of rewards and different levels of um, punishment, but not with eternal life. There is no son that is bigger than any other son. Hallelujah. I'm just my, so if you, this Bible that at the end of the day, because when the Bible came, it started with the guys that got born again last. He gave them one denarii. So the people that got born again first thought we were going to get ten. He gave them one, they were angry. He said, No, no this is eternal life. You you're a son, you you're a son. There's no degree of that. World. That's life stewardship. That's the first thing Jesus expects us to steward. And that's what he was teaching here. There is another one. Look at the other, the parable of talent study on Sunday. The guy that managed five well got five. The guy that managed two well got two. That's different rewards. That one is not life now. That is how you do things like your talents. We're not, not going to get the same reward on that level. Oh, praise the Lord. So we can, from here, project and understand the more effective and knowledgeable. I gave you three keys Jesus talked about for stewards words. One, you should be faithful. To be faithful means you know the will of God. God wants you to, really, when, when he used servant here, he's talking about just get born again. Praise God. Of course, it's not limited to just being born again. Not the will of God. Do the will of God and continue to do the will of God. That's faithfulness. That's the first Yatzi Jesus put to steward, a faithful steward. The northern was a wise steward and the third one was a good steward. Good steward. Hallelujah. Okay, now let me get into where I want to get into today. Luke chapter 13, sorry, Luke chapter 16. Hallelujah. So again, we said, steward your life. Say with me, I'm a good steward of my life. I need to backpedal again. You must, and this is part of being a steward. You must understand that everything, somebody say everything, that I have was given to me. This is, how we, this is how you must think when you get born again. This is how you must think if you're a heavenly citizen. You are not the owner. You are not the master of your life. Oh, hallelujah. You can't just live your life anyhow. This, this is part of faithfulness. You've got to find out the will of God for your life. Hallelujah. You've got to find out the will of God for your life. That's what being a faithful steward is. And then live that way. Live that way. This way it starts. Hallelujah. And it's as we do that, I'm telling you, we are not supposed to be struggling to prosper. Irrespective of where you live or the devil's against you. Look, when we have those kind of things around us, we should pause, reflect. Pray to God, ask serious questions and be willing to change. Where am I missing it here? I'm already righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm already an heir of God. Hallelujah. And you see, this points to the place of faith. Because if you believe these things, you will try and find out why not. Oh, hallelujah. Say with me, I steward my life. I steward my talents. This is what we talked about on Sunday. Identify the things that God has put in your hand. I gave you four major things. Time. This is a major, major thing. And listen, listen, I'm I'm not preaching this from a perspective of me I have arrived. No, all of us should be learning and growing. How can you use time better? You have the same 24 hours as Donald Trump has 24 hours. How can you be telling me you are struggling with your job? He, his job is President of the United States. Same time. Praise God. Oh, ah, someone said, hey, he has all these assistants. He has FBI. True, true. That has a factor. I'm not disputing that. But that's not the core of the matter. And that's not what we are emphasizing here. We are saying what you used to do for 10 hours before. You should grow and be able to do it in five hours. That's what we are focusing on. Be a better manager of your talents. Use time better. What used to take you three years to accomplish? This is where wisdom comes in. Oh, hallelujah. This is where wisdom comes in. Lift your hands where you are. Say with me, Heavenly Father. I receive grace to be a better user, to be a better steward of everything you have put in my life. Come on, open your mouth and pray that prayer again. Pray that prayer again. This is where prosperity is. Pray that prayer again. This is where prosperity is. I'm telling you, this is where prosperity is. This is where prosperity is. Oh Listen, listen, listen. I was—I mean—I I was talking about um, Apple stock. Yeah, I, I use these things to ask myself questions and, and lessons. I was talking about Apple stock that um, their company became one billion dollars, one trillion dollars, first time in human history, that a company. And then, what really struck me was—I remember when their current, when Steve Jobs died, when the current CEO was employed. And everybody was thinking, hey, this company may go down because the guy that the brain behind it. But apparently this guy is not as, please watch this, he's not as innovative as Steve Jobs. He doesn't have the creativity, but he's a better manager. The value of the company has more or less doubled since he took over. I was asking myself, Chai, I should have bought Apple stock oh, if I had the opportunity. If you had bought Apple, and this is less than 10 years old, you would have been well there today. Now, okay, you and I may not have access to buy Apple stock. But please, this is my point. In the less than 10 years that that man took over the running of that company, the value of the company has doubled by, I mean, it was about half a billion dollars then. I mean, half a trillion. is now over. Can you imagine that? Now, ask your neighbor, what have you done with the last 10 years? Ah, you're not going to see (laughs) it Listen, listen, please hear me. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I think this, this frame some of us have. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm telling you how to prosper. Bible how to prosper. I don't, I'm not saying Steve Cook is a born-again believer. To my knowledge, he's not born again. But Sometimes, when unbelievers prosper, you, you'll be shocked that they actually align to Bible um, Bible principles. What that company has done with time in 10 years, it's amazing. Now, you may not be able to design Apple. I can't design Apple. But my own question or my takeaway from that is, what am I going to do with my own next 10 years? When I was younger, I think I was around 20. I've shared this story with us. Please hear me. Yeah, I'm, I'm showing you how to prosper. Honestly, please, we're a Pentecostal church. It's not just praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. It's managing time well. Managing resources well. Doing something good with your life. When I got, I told you, I told you story, when I around around early, no, I think I was 30, around 30 years old then. My godfather, he told me a story. I shared this with us, that when his children get born, please watch this, managing time well. Prosperity. And it's amazing that it's inside the Bible. Hallelujah. Talents there is not just money, it's what God has put in your hand. The first thing God has given you is time. He told me that when his children are born, when they do naming ceremony, of course, we we'll come and give them money, they don't spend the money. They use the money to buy shares for their children. He had three boys. And, of course, they add to it from time to time, just over money. He said, by the time his children are in their late teens, practically all his children went to school abroad. The value of the money had increased in that less than 20-year period, even though the Nigerian economy crashed. And most people could not pay, um, give their children the work education He was able to give his children one. He told me that around the age of 30. I said, Chai. What? my parents didn't do that for me. He so said, what am I doing? Okay, I can't do anything. now. I'm almost 30. I said, the next 10 years of my life, I'm going to add value to it. And I thank God, at least my life is more valuable 10 years after now than it was then. That's what that parable was teaching us. Some things have been... And God God looks at you. I want you to steward them. Let let me share a few more scriptures that I I didn't read on Sunday. Glory be to God. Matthew 25. And then we're going to go to Luke 16. So you you look at that Matthew 25 from verse 14 to 30. Two things Jesus blamed. Please watch this. The one talent guy for. The, 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 The time that was given him. The, the skills that were given him, the abilities that were given him, and the money that was given him after the master came a period of time. The Bible said the master went away. After I gave them the talents, it was still the same. And the master, no, no, no that, that's not that's not my intention for you. Collect the talent from him. Look out, th- th- this was the judgment. Please, look out, look, and this was, I, I want to talk about these two things. Payalabo satankalabo Oh, I mean Matthew 20, sorry, Matthew 24, Glory, 25 from verse 14, right? Please, two th- I can't even quote it, but I want to read it. Jesus told him there were two things wrong with him. Number one, he was wicked. Number two, he was what? Lazy. Hallelujah. I, I-, I want to read it to you. Glory be to God. Verse 26, Matthew 25, 26, if you are there, shout Hallelujah. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. These are the two things we need to worry about. Worry is not the word. Be concerned about. And not fall into this trap. You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown. And you gather, gather where I have not You should have given it to the bankers. And I explained what that meant. I gave you an understanding how you can do that on Sunday. Let's talk about wicked and lazy. Because I didn't talk touch that on Sunday. What does it mean to be wicked? You are not thinking like heaven thinks. That's what wicked is. Wicked is not dropping a baby in hot boiling oil. Praise God. Wicked simply means God is thinking that when I give you talents, after a while, I expect you to have done something with it. I make you MD of Apple. After 10 years, the value of the company should have risen from 500 billion to over a trillion dollars. That is how God thinks. I give you two talents. I want to have four talents. Glory be to God. In other words, what I put in your hand, you have done something with it. That's, if you don't think that way, you're a wicked person. According to scriptures, please, I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm teaching. Tap your neighbor and say, Pastor is teaching you something here. Pastor is teaching you something. And let me tell you how I've learned to apply this in my life every now and then i ask myself what has happened let me let me share something powerful with us please listen to this the way god told me to run this church this year the 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 leadership model god gave me see and you you go to god you get wisdom you 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 get direction you you find out the will of god so and those, the, the pastors in church and some of the top leaders you know this God told me to step back things I used to be very very involved in for of doing that, appoint people to do that and then I just mentored them I, I, those of you that came for our last leadership summit I talked about outgrowing that's what God told me to do and I've taught that to the church now outgrowing things that is where I am now many things I don't plan it anymore it's now Pastor Leia that I've delegated that to I used to be very involved with music before. It's not the I had So many different people doing different things. So what I do is from time to time, we're having grace culture. And those of you that are sensitive in church, you will hear me say things like that. I will assess church after grace culture. Compared to where we were before we did our last meeting. What have we improved on? What have we not improved on? This is how I steward this church. And I believe it has helped us in the prosperity we've seen over the years. We are not there yet to... Hello, but this is how you apply this. We are going to sit. We great scriptures, the major meeting. We assess it. The things we didn't do well, we try and correct them before supernatural. Supernatural is another major event. We assess after supernatural. So in 2019, because it must not remain the way we gave it to you. If you don't think that way, your thinking is twisted from heavenly thinking, and it will hinder your prosperity. Are you with me tonight? Let's talk about lazy. Lazy. Somebody say lazy. Lazy. I know we don't like that word, but say it. Say lazy. Again, it's not an osho, the word. Jesus used it. Say lazy. Did you listen to your summer blast message? The story Reverend Victor told us about Reverend George. That they went for one meeting. They went for, to Kenya. Those of you that have not listened to it, tap your neighbor. Is he talking about you? They woke up in the morning like 6 a.m. They had a 7 o'clock meeting. So they went for the meeting. Reverend George preached there. After 7 o'clock, they finished that one. They went for another 12 o'clock meeting. He preached there. After that one, I think 4 o'clock meeting. The same day, he preached there. After that, they now went for another meeting. Around 10 o'clock or so, he preached there. Then they went for a night vigil. So Reverend Victor said, by the time they were at that, and Reverend, Victor was, Reverend George was still preaching and leading prayer. And at 2 a.m., he just called their host. Please take us home. We have been up since like 6 a.m. And they went to sleep. They didn't, they didn't ask for permission from Reverend George. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So they, snor- they sneaked away. Uh, so the next morning, when I saw Reverend George, Reverend George looked at them. I said, where did you people go? They said, you? I said lazy. Now, that's not my own definition of laziness. <laughs> Praise God. And I agree with Reverend Victor, actually. If I've been up since 6 a.m. And it's 2 a.m. that I go home to sleep. If that's your own definition of laziness... Keep your definition to yourself. (laughs) Say with me, that's not my definition of well. if you agree. Now, if you are Reverend George, you can say lazy. But let's look at Bible. You you can argue with Reverend George's definition of lazy. But there's a Bible definition of the word lazy. Hallelujah. Proverbs 6. (laughs) Just in case there's somebody here that is practicing lazy. Lazy. Proverbs 6, verse 6. Let's look at how the Bible, you know we can argue with, uh, wake up 6 a.m. and sleep at 2 a.m. That one is not lazy. What about this one? Watch lazy here. Proverbs 6 and 6. Just in case, Stop your neighbor and say, just in case, somebody around us here, I know it's not you. Like Pastor Taffy will say, I know they are not here. That's Pastor Taffy's definition of me. I know they are here. I know they are here. That's why I'm preaching it. But let's use Pastor Taffy's, I know they are not here. Proverbs 6 and 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard. That's another word of lazy. Con- watch, watch lazy, definition. You may not agree with Reverend George, but you can't disagree with him. Consider her ways and be wise. Hallelujah. That's what God wants us to be, to be wise towards. Which, having no captain or overseer or ruler, is not the pastor that is chasing him to do it. You know, the the ant doesn't have a pastor, it doesn't have a boss. But watch what the ant does. Verse 8 provides her supplies in summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Verse 9. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? Verse 10. A little sleep, a little slumber, uh a little folding of the hands. Verse 11. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler. And your need like an armed man. Amazing. Hallelujah. So, laziness will bring poverty. So, when Jesus looked at that the and said, your thinking is not like heaven's thinking and you are lazy. That's why we are collecting what we gave you. If laziness bring poverty, then not being lazy will do what? If it bring us what? Prosperity. Now, what is the definition of laziness here? Who can figure it out? Okay, you don't have time. A lazy person is someone that the need they are going to have in December, they are not providing for it now. The need they are going to, that, that is going to they are not providing for it. They are not doing anything about it. And I know, I know, there can be reasons why that's why I don't have a job. Hey, nobody's employing me. Hey, I'm sick. It doesn't change the fact that that's the definition of laziness. Yes, laziness may not be wake up 6 a.m. and don't sleep before 2 a.m. I agree. But this one, you can't argue with this one. no. You can't argue with this one. The, the, you, you, it's like what I was telling you. We, we, are, we are going to have supernatural. We should start planning for supernatural now. It doesn't have to be with just money. You plan ahead. You prepare ahead like the ants. Ants don't go hungry. Even if there's a storm, why? They will have prepared ahead. Glory be to God. Look at another, another text, Proverbs 24, another angle. Solomon taught it, Proverbs 24. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Proverbs 24, verse 30, I believe. Watch this, another definition of a lazy man. I went to the field of the lazy man, and the vineyard of a man devoid of understanding, and there it was. This is the definition of lazy. All overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Please watch this. Its stone wall was not broken down. Verse 32. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and I received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. Watch the same thing. So that guy did not produce for what he did in advance. He was sleeping too much. Hallelujah. Please, you need to sleep oh, but Don't sleep too much. Can I hear aloud? Amen. Amen. But what is this one? It's not that he didn't provide, though. This is, this key since what Jesus said, what he had, he didn't cater for it. He had a farm, but he wasn't catered for it. It was overgrown. He didn't cater for what he had. Maybe he was looking at what another brother had. Ah, if only I had that brother's wife. Or if only I had that brother's car. Forgot his own. Hallelujah. Of course, the teaching here is that we should not be lazy. Now, look at me, everybody. All of us, including me, the pastor, we are always tempted to be lazy. How many of you, we have a phrase in my house, or we call it portion. The day you just wake up and you just want to sleep. That's the nickname we call it in our house. We call it a posh day. How many, how many of you do that? Am I the only one? I have posh days, though. So I'm telling you. I'm the only one. You, I'm you, you use the word relax. <laughs> but what you are doing is, so <laughs> you are being lazy, sir. <laughs> this is my point. You are going to be tempted to be lazy. If you are like, I mean, I don't know if you are like me. Or me, I, 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 I am tempted to be lazy. But because I have this understanding of what it is, when I see that ah, I am yielding to the temptation too much, I pray, I believe God for grace, I believe God for wisdom, and I snap out of it. When I can't see a way out for a need I'm going to have in the future, this is the time for me to start praying for the budget of supernatural. Oh, I don't know where I'm going to get the money from. I don't know where I'm going to... You pray. That's why you have the Holy Ghost. Pastor, I don't know how to pray. Go and look for a banker that knows how to pray. Find someone that knows how to do it. Tag along with him. Learn from him like I'm teaching you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The temptation to be lazy. The trap to be lazy. The place of getting to that place where you start doing these things or manifesting You will be tempted with it. That's what happened to that one talent guy. He didn't take care of his talents. It was overgrown with weeds and all that kind of thing. And when the master came back, there was nothing to show. Say with me, that will never be my story in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Luke 16. I need to close now. Because this is the main one I want to finish with. Luke 16. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. And again, this is another very familiar parable. Watch again from verse 1. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought before him that he was wasting his goods. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, watch this. This is a bit different from the other ones we've been reading. This guy was, and if you read it so, he was stealing his master's money. And this was the conclusion at the end of the day. Verse 10. Please watch this. Watch our stewardship. Watch how it connects to our prosperity. And this is where we are going. And I want to close with this. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in what is much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust is what is much. This guy was an unjustly word. Please watch this. He was an unjustly word. He was stealing his master's money, his master's goods. And Jesus said, Wow, if you do that with money, and you can apply this to other things, if you do it with time, if you do it with physical um, resources, do it with relationships. What are you going to do with the real thing? And because you have not been faithful with the money, we will not give you the real thing. Praise God. Therefore, if you have not been faithful with your righteous mammon, the money that is in your hand, you see, you, are, you, are like, you and I are like this guy. The money in our hands is not for us. It's not. If we can help people to come to that understanding, Christian people, we will help a lot of people to prosper. You are like this guy. The money in your hand, the time in your hand, the relationships in your hand, the abilities, they belong to God. How you use them. Watch. If you have not been faithful with the unrighteous, who will commit to your trust? The true riches. Hallelujah. That is where prosperity is. Prosperity is not in money. Hello, somebody. You can have all the cash, all the naira, all the dollars. That doesn't make you really prosperous. How do I know? Jesus said so. Jesus said so. And I told you the example of Joseph. Glory be to God. Joseph had no money, but he had true riches. Tap your neighbor and say, God is with me. God is with me. Eventually, didn't have money at the end of the day. So, true riches, watch this. Please, watch this. This is actually a big part of what I want to teach in this series. True riches will give us earthly money. Mamondia refers to money. More specifically, the spirit behind money. More specifically, the thinking pattern of this world that drives the way people use money. Hallelujah. It's actually a spirit, like God is a spirit. There is a way people in this world think about money that is wicked compared to the way God thinks about money. Hallelujah. You and I are going to have to decide as stewards of God who we want to follow or more appropriately who we want to be faithful to. Do we want to do it the way God tells us to do it or do we want to do it the way the world does it? Let me finish reading. Please, watch this. Watch this. And I know many of us are familiar with it, but please look at it with your two korokoro eyes again. Hallelujah. Therefore, verse 11, watch. If you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Verse 12. And if you have not been faithful with what is another man's, tap your neighbor and say everything in your life. It is another man's. Let me tap on the neighbor and say, that other man is God. If you have not been faithful, if you have not been faithful with the things God has put in your hand, who will give you your own? Verse 13, the conclusion of the, mat- the whole matter. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, Or else, he will be loyal to the one and he will despise the other. You. Somebody say, he's talking to me right now. You cannot serve God and mammon. Praise the Lord. So, whether I experience true riches and the picture I want you to have of true riches is Joseph. Whether I experience the kind of thing Joseph, experienced, where God is manifested in my life. I may be in prison. I may be a slave. I may not have a freedom of myself. I may not have anything but God somehow, supernaturally brings me out. Hallelujah. God causes me to prosper regardless of the odds that are against me. Hallelujah. I hope I'm talking to somebody here this evening. Whether I experience that, it's not a matter of my prayer life. No. It's not a matter of my prayer life. It's not a matter of any other thing apart from the way I steward what I've been given. And watch this. What is expected of me is to think like God thinks, not like the world thinks. And we are talking about the things God has put in my life. How does God expect me to manage the money in my hand? It's small. In fact, it's nothing. I don't even have any money. I'm like Joseph. I'm a slave. Everything I own belongs to my master. I have nothing. How does God expect me to manage nothing? How does God expect me to steal what nothing? You see, when you're at that place of nothing, what what will be coming to your hand is other people's own. Am I going to steal their thing? You know, people that have nothing, they fall into that trap a lot. They don't have a phone. And they come to church. And the brother beside them left his phone on his chair to go and receive prayer from God. How do you steward in that situation? Do you steal the guy's phone or you help him keep his phone from somebody else? The Mammon guy will steal the phone. Me quickly remove the SIM card, drop it inside the dustbin. And when the owner comes, ah, I text you, call my phone, call my phone. Yeah, pam, 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 it's gone. But the Joseph guy, the guy that thinks of God, he will help his brother keep his phone. If you are not handling something, you have nothing. And many of us are at that position of nothing. Then, not, not many of us, some of us. Where most of us are is the position of not enough. Many people respond the same way. And the way God expects us to think is different. So, you are a widow with two mites. How does God expect you to think? Are you going to say, I only have two. I can't give anybody anything. No. In fact, I'm the one that should be given to." Can you see the cars that they are driving outside? That's not how that widow thought. See, there's a mammon way of thinking, a worldly way of thinking, when it comes to money, and there's a godly way of thinking. The two mites say, all I have is two. Even if it's all I have, I can still give. Depend on the level of faith, you can give everything or a portion of it. Because God's thinking is that we should give. And of course, there's you have plenty. And you can have plenty and still be a mammon thinker. You now want to hoard it? (laughs) Like they say, get all you can. Can all you get. And sit on the can. So, look, it doesn't matter which phase you are in. Whether you are the nothing guy, you are the not enough guy, Let let me even make it four stages. Nothing. Hallelujah. You can be in that place and it's okay. Not, I mean, very little. Very, very little. Two mites. Not enough. Let me tell you, the not enough trap. Hey, we have to pay school fees. We have to pay house rent. We have to fix the car. um, And the money has finished. No tithe. No giving offerings in church. No helping somebody else. Hallelujah. I can't teach all this until I've taught it in fixing financial challenges. When you are, you must know the face you are in. I have nothing, I have little, I have not enough, I have more than enough. You must think, hallelujah, and act. Not the way mammon wants you to act. Praise God. Not the, because I'm telling you, God is watching you too. And listen, the honest truth is that all of us struggle with this thing on one level or the other. Oh, thank God, there's help for us. Thank God, there's grace for us. Thank God, God Himself is with us. This is not to condemn us. Thank God, God's wisdom is available to us. And this where you have to come to. Hallelujah! Rise on your feet. Let me close. I'll continue from here on Sunday. Listen to me. This where you have to come to, child of God. Do you want to have true riches? I didn't get an answer. Let me backpack a bit. Watch me, watch me, watch me. Everybody look at me. I'm closing, so don't worry. You don't have to bind me. Do you believe in the true riches? I'm I'm back to faith. I'm back to faith. Do you believe there is heavenly prosperity? (laughs) Like Joseph had it. You know, Joseph didn't have money. But did Joseph prosper or not? Notice he didn't just prosper when he got to the palace. That's how, you see, Mammon guy thinks that way. It wasn't until Joseph got to the palace that he arrived. No, somebody say no. That's not what the Bible told us. When did Joseph arrive? In Potiphar's house. In Potiphar's house, he had arrived on the inside, hallelujah. Though he had not arrived on the outside. He had nothing, but he didn't steal Potiphar's money. Do you know how many stewards steal their master's money? For the reason why, hey, I don't, I don't have anything. I don't have, I have little, or I have just, they steal the money. And it's not just money. He had the money to take Potiphar's wife. Hallelujah. He didn't touch it. Why? He was stewarded. He was thinking like God. He wasn't wicked. And he wasn't lazy. Glory be to God. He was serving another man. All that. This is just a type of God and how we need to live life. And God was with him. Now, God is with you. But if you can function like him watch what God was in produced for him he brought him out of that prison and eventually took him to the palace go to the prison hallelujah watch what we say about people with two might all the other prisoners were sad and discouraged Joseph too could have been sad and discouraged what was he doing? serving them, encouraging them I'm in prison with you I don't have freedom with you but I'm not thinking like the world I'm not thinking like mammon I'm going to think like God glory be to God And though I have nothing like you, I will serve you. I will serve you. So please, hear me, hear me. My conclusion as I study these things is this. Particularly for those of us that are enlightened, I can understand a place where this kind of thing is never taught. So they don't have any concept of being blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. All the only concept they have about money is naira and dollars and pounds. And when they don't have naira they think they are broke but you and i cannot claim that anymore <laughs> can i hear it loud amen except we choose to walk in unbelief except we choose to walk in unbelief lift your hand and say i have faith and i believe now watch this when you begin to believe in this heavenly riches hallelujah Please watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. People will prosper if they listen to what I teach. this church, your life will be better if you listen to what I teach. I tell you, if you believe it, you may have nothing, you may have little, you may have not enough, and you may have more than enough. Thank God there are people that have more than enough what you must master and learn is to not think like mammon and start thinking like god that's what jesus taught there and that is the right way to steward whatever phase you are in in life where god is concerned and god said if you are faithful if you are wise i'm going to talk to you a lot more about the wisdom on sunday and if you are good three of them are important In your nothing state, you can still do good. You don't have to steal my phone, my brother, my sister. You don't have to steal my phone. You don't have to steal my phone. I'm not saying someone has stolen my phone, but you don't have to steal my phone. (laughs) You don't. Because that's not faithfulness. And what people that practice that, they are yielding to the spirit of mammon, but they are denying themselves the true riches.